I want to again say thank you for everybody that worked last night. Uh, we had a great time last night, uh, had fun. Uh, it was, I enjoyed sitting and listening to the people visit. That was kind of fun too. I, uh, I know you enjoyed yourself, so I just again want to say thank you. Um, next big thing coming up is camps. A week from Wednesday, we leave for children's camp. So I want you to be sure and be praying for our, our uh, kiddos that are going to, to Green Country Camp and our sponsors. Uh, it's going to be a great week. And then two weeks from tomorrow, Mike, Falls Creek. Uh, be praying for Mike. Um, still needing sponsors. Mike? Yeah, still needing sponsors for, for Falls Creek. So uh, pray about that. Pray, pray either that God moves your heart or moves someone else's heart and include yourself because God may want to do a work in your life. I don't know. Uh, we always have a, <clears throat> excuse me, we always have a great time at, at camp. Um, this will be my 21st year going to camp with, with uh, Green Country and I've only come away with one set of crutches. So I think that's pretty good odds. Turn your Bible with me to Luke chapter 8. When I was a kid... We used to go to my grandparents just about every weekend, one or the other. But when we would go to my grandma Stone's house, uh, one of the things we liked to do uh, was to watch what she called comedies. And to her, comedies was Laurel and Hardy. I always liked to watch Laurel and Hardy. Well, one afternoon recently, I turned, was channel surfing, and I came across a Laurel and Hardy movie. I don't know why they were so funny when I was a kid. But anyway, anyway, I was watching it, and, and uh, I got kind of engrossed in the story. And for some reason, Ollie was pretending that he was sick and he was in bed. I don't know why he was pretending to be sick, but they were in a lodge in Europe somewhere, and he was in bed. And so because he was hiding out from somewhere, Stanley went out and bought a fish for their dinner. But there was no kitchen to cook it in. So Ollie had an idea. He'd take the mattress off the bed, put a candle underneath the box springs, or just the springs, not box springs, but just springs to put the fish on it and cook it. And everything was going great until the manager of the inn came and knocked on the door. So they're in a panic. Ollie's supposed to be sick, so he throws the mattress back on the bed, jumps in bed, covers up, forgetting that he left the candle cooking under the fish. Of course, you know what's going to happen. It's a comedy. But at least we know why you don't put a candle under the bed. Now, I'm not sure that's what Jesus was talking about, but he's talking about putting a candle under the bed. Let's stand in honor of God's Word. Uh, Luke chapter 8, beginning with the 16th verse. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. Therefore, take care how you listen. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not meet with him because of the crowd. He was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. But he replied to them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. Father, thank you for your word. May our hearts be open to hear what you have to say to us today. 
and may we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I preached the, the parable of, of the four soils. Uh, the, the sower went out to sow, and some seed fell on the, 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 the road, and some fell uh, on the rocky soil, and some fell on the soil that was infested with weeds, and some fell on good seed. And you remember that, that only one of those produced uh, a harvest, one, only one produced fruit. Uh, Jesus said, the seed and the good ground, these are the ones who have in heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring, produce fruit. Jesus wants to know today, what do you do with what you hear? So the first point of the message is, take heed what you hear. Now, the disciples didn't understand why Jesus taught in parables. Uh, they, so they went to Jesus and said, why do you teach in parables? And Jesus gave them an answer that that to some people, makes it seem like he says, well, I'm wanting to keep it from hidden from people, but that's really not what he meant. The truth is in the word parable. Now, we say the word parable means an earthy, earthy story with a heavenly meaning, but the word parable actually means uh, to, to place two things side by side, to compare them. Uh, in fact, in, in the Greek, the word paraclete is the word for Holy Spirit, the comforter, somebody that comes along beside you to comfort you. So a parable are two, truths, are two things put side by side to compare. And so you take a truth and something new, and you put them side by side to teach you something new. And so this parable that Jesus is telling started off with something that was familiar to his listeners. They knew about sowers. They knew about seed. They knew about, about throwing stuff and, and planting and, and hoping for a harvest. They knew about those things. Those that were in Jesus' audience that were indifferent or too proud to listen would reject the truth. You see, they couldn't see the truth because they were really uninterested. And there are a lot of people just like that. But there were those who were interested in the meaning of the parables, and so they'd seek to understand what Jesus was teaching. Uh, one commentator said, a parable is like a mirror in which we see ourselves. But to understand the, the, the parable and to benefit from it demands that we honestly and humbly look at ourselves and see ourselves for who we really are. And then he goes to, on to say, if you see yourself as a needy sinner and ask for help, then the mirror actually becomes a window in which you can see God and His grace. And so in this parable that Jesus told, the parable of the soil or the parable of the sowers, the emphasis is upon the word hear. In fact, in only 11 verses, Jesus uses that word hear nine times because it's by hearing that we take in the word of God. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of, of Christ. So faith comes when we hear the message. Take heed what you hear. And so the sower went out to sow, Jesus said, or somebody shares the message of Christ so that people might hear the message and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's what the emphasis is upon hearing and believing. Take heed that you hear. Well, then Jesus goes on and tells uh, the second parable that we read. Uh, he's speaking directly now to those who have 
heard the message and received the message. And so the message is, take heed how you hear. Now, the image there is that of a lamp. And in that day, for everyone, it didn't matter if you were really poor or you were very wealthy, you would take a, a candle or a, a lamp, which would be nothing more than a wick placed into uh, olive oil, and you would light it at night and put it on a stand so that everybody in the house could see. Now, we know, everybody would understand, we know it's foolish to put that lamp under a basket. What happens when you put a light under a basket? It gets dark. Or what happens if you put it on, under a bed? Catch the bed on fire. We know that. But anyway, Jesus said, you don't light a, a lamp so that people can't see. So also a person is not given the message of salvation to keep it hidden, to keep it secret. Because when we know Jesus... We need to make it known. Jesus went on to say in verse 17, For nothing's concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. And in Matthew 10, 27, he says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in a whisper, shout on the, on the housetops, on the rooftops. So when we have the message of Christ, we're not supposed to keep quiet about it. So Jesus says to the disciples, What you hear... And what you receive and what changes your life, make it known. And he's saying the same thing to you and I. You were saved and not taken immediately to heaven because Christ has a mission for you. That's to take the message of salvation to others. And you might say, Pastor Keith, I'm not really good at talking. And I definitely can't go knock on the door of a stranger and tell him about Jesus. And Jesus didn't say in that. But you know what? Jesus has brought people into your life that you know and love and that you have influence over. And he wants you to share with them what Jesus has done in your life. Now, most of us are the age to have grandchildren. You may not all have it, but most of, a lot of you do. You have grandchildren. When that grandchild was born, how many of you got that picture and stuffed it in your wallet and never looked at it again? When you got that picture, what'd you do? You showed it to everybody. You might even have put it on Facebook. You know, I've seen a lot of your grandchildren on Facebook. You make it known. Why? Because you're excited about it. You're so proud to be a grandparent. You're so excited about that grandchild or uh, granddaughter or grandson. You want everybody to know about it. I got some pictures my son sent me last night of my grandsons, and they're 13 and, four, or 13 and 15. You want to see them? Or will be 15. You want to see them? They were skydiving, actually indoor skydiving. But I'm excited about that. The message of salvation is the greatest thing that's ever happened in our lives. And Jesus says, we need to shout it from the rooftops. We need to at least let those people know that are in our lives that we're excited about. Someone told me recently that at the funeral that I was getting ready to they wanted to make sure that the message of salvation was known because there were people in, that, in their family they had been praying for and sharing the message with. You see, we, that ought to be most important in our lives. You know what? My grandsons are coming Saturday and I can't wait to spend time with them. 
But more than spending the next month with Him, I'm looking forward to spending eternity with Him. Because they've heard the message of salvation and they've received Christ as Lord and Savior and we've all witnessed their baptism here in the church. And we want that for those that we love. And that's what Jesus is saying. I want you to go and share what I've given you. And you don't have to be a great, a great speaker. There's one woman in the Bible, and here, this was her message. Come see a man that told me everything I ever did. And the town went out and flocked to Jesus, and they went back saying, no longer do we believe because of you, but because we've heard it ourselves. Her testimony was, come see a man. The message of one of the greatest hymns ever written, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. The message doesn't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be like my Uncle Bill who prayed in King James with the key, these and thous. He was, he was sincere. All you have to do is be yourself and share the message. That's what Jesus is saying in this parable. Uh, D.W. Whittle in his book, Life, Warfare, and Victor, told a story about a young lady. And I want to share this story with you. This young lady came from a fashionable home and she was brought to Christ. And for many years, she shared about Jesus, although she faced a lot of opposition. She still was a faithful witness. The story says the attention she attracted was often painful to her. And once, when repulsed and wounded in an effort of this kind, she for a time lost heart and felt she should give it up being a consecrated Christian. About this time, it says she was invited to visit friends who she'd never seen. How do you have friends you don't know, you've never seen? But anyway, friends she'd never seen who knew little about her. And she said that while she was there, she would not speak openly about Jesus. And she wouldn't put herself in a position to be noticed as peculiarly, I can't even say it, peculiarly religious. Her visit passed away, and not happily, it says, she was unable to keep her resolution. But on the day she was leaving to go home, a, an attractive and accomplished lady, a fashionable woman of society, came to her and was walking with her and said, where's your sister? And why didn't she come? I mean, your religious sister, the one who they call Miss J. It was because I heard that she was to be here that I, I too accepted an invitation to come and spend the holiday I'm tired of the empty, unsatisfying life I'm leading, and I've longed to talk with a real Christian. And so with shame and, and confusion, this faithless witness said, no, I have no sister, that's me. And she realized that she had lost an opportunity to share Jesus. Then Whittle concluded his, this story with this, all that we have learned, we are bound to teach. All that we have received, we are bound to give. To conceal from others any truth which we ourselves have been taught of God is to hide the lamp that has come to us under a bushel or under a bed instead of setting it upon a lampstand. Take heed how you hear. 
And then the last point Jesus makes is it's important why we hear or take heed why you hear. Now Jesus is teaching the multitudes, it said, and, and uh, his mother and his brother came to him and, and they couldn't get in. In fact, somebody sent in a message saying, hey Jesus, yo, your family's out here. They want to come in. What do we do about it? Now, Jesus' family didn't believe that he was the Messiah at this time. Uh, the scripture says that after the resurrection, they eventually came to believe. But this was before James became head of the Jerusalem church. Because the church didn't exist yet. But he didn't believe. During his teaching and preaching ministry, they rejected who he was. Uh, John says in John 7.35, for even his brothers believed, not even his brothers believed in him. So they're come to seek him. We don't know why. It may be they'd heard that, that he was in this place where he didn't eat. And the people thought he was crazy. And so they were, they were coming to make sure he, he was taking care of himself. Or it may be because he had so much um, division with the religious leaders. And, and he, they had heard that, that plans were being made already to, to put him to death. Maybe they came to protect him. We don't know why they came. But they came seeking Jesus. And Jesus said, My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. Now, those that were there in the room would have expected Jesus to say, well, bring them on in, because family was really important for Hebrews. In fact, the, the, the Jews, many of them thought that the most important commandment was to honor your father and your mother. But he didn't. He said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God. There's that word again. My mother and brother are those who hear and do God's word. Jesus was saying it's clear that those who are in the kingdom of God not only tell others that they're in the kingdom, but they do what the word says. They receive the word not just for information. I mean, sometimes we know we have a lot of information about, about heaven. When you go to children's camp in the evenings, we always have, uh, I, I forgot, what's it called? Uh, Sabina, do you remember? The evening time. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of a debriefing time. They have, they have a special name for it, but I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but they have kind of a debriefing. And you ask them questions about things that have gone on during the day. And if you ask a religious question, you know what the answer is? Jesus. Every answer, Jesus. They're not answering from their heart. They're answering from their head. Jesus said, we've taken the word of God, not just for head knowledge, but just so that it changes our life. And when we read the Word of God and we understand the Word of God, he says we're to do the Word of God. If we want spiritual intimacy with the Lord, we need to hear and let it recycle through our life and, and then we obey it. Because when we obey the truth, it leads to more truth and more growth and brings us closer and closer to Christ. So Jesus said, it's important that we listen. Then I want to close with, with one last 
verse that, that's really not in this, this passage, but it says a lot. He says, Lord, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Jesus is here and obey. So it's important how you hear. For by hearing, one is saved. It's important how you hear. Secondly, it's important what you do with what you hear because we're expected to share with others what Jesus has done in our lives. Uh, there's a parable. It's in uh, Matthew 25. Um, it's about a man who's about to go on a journey. Uh, Matthew 25, 14. He called his servants and entrusted his possession to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, depending on each man's ability. Then he went on a journey immediately. The man who had received five talents went, but put to work and earned five more. In the same way, the one who, with two earned two more. And the man who received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with him. The man who'd received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more. Master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I'll put you in charge of more things. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more. His master said the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You're faithful over a few things. I'll put you in charge of many, of many things. Share your master's joy. But the one, the last one, said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering what you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, what I have is yours. See, you have what is yours. And the master said, You lazy servant. If you knew that I was that I reap where I hadn't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then at least you should have put the money in the bank and got back an interest. But you didn't. So the talent was taken away from him and given to the one he'd earned five talents. You, the thing that Jesus is pointing out is we don't take what he gives us and hide it away. We have the word of God. We're to go and share it. And then the last thing, are you obedient to what you hear? Are you listening? Are you receiving Christ? Are you sharing what you know? And are you doing what you know? Father, thank you for the word that we have from your word. Thank you, Lord, for the word that was shared in our hearts that we might receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus, I pray that today they might open their hearts and receive Christ. Or those that are watching on, on video, that they realize that the best kind of life is knowing Jesus. Not just knowing about Jesus. Not just listening to a sermon or becoming a part of a church or being baptized, but receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Repenting of their sin to follow Him. And then, Father, for those of us that know Jesus as Lord and Savior, help us, Father, to open our mouths to make known what we know, to proclaim the excellencies of Him who's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. 
Thank you, Father, for the privilege we have of telling others about what you've done in our lives. And then, Father, help us to be obedient. Because to be a part of your family is to believe and do the Word of God. Help us to be faithful, to honor you and to glorify you and the way we live. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, thank you.